Hi, this is Mish Hancock, and you are listening to Mishmash, a place where I get to talk to the weird, wacky, wonderful people of this world, people I adore and want to know more about. Today, my guest is Jeremy Goss. He is the co-founder of St. Louis Metro Market and founder of The Link Market, two deliciously colorful nonprofit markets. He's an advocate for low-income communities on issues related to food justice, hunger, and health. And he's got some ideas for your taste buds. Welcome, Jeremy. Oh, thank you for having me. Well, I'm excited to learn about what you do. Um, And I just want to start by letting everyone know that you are going to be one of our TEDx Gateway Arch speakers at our Think Well event coming up on April 12th. Yeah, it was an honor to be asked to share a bit about my journey to uh, to work to ensure equitable access to healthy, affordable food to so many people in St. Louis, and uh, it's a rare opportunity to spotlight a really important uh, problem in our city. So I'm just thankful for the the chance that TEDx Gateway Arch has extended to me and to uh, the the people whom I serve. Well, we are totally excited that you are going to be on our stage. So tell me, I mean, how how did you come to do what you're doing? Because you are a doctor, correct? Yes. So I just graduated from medical school in 2016. And uh, right now I'm doing research in plastic surgery because I'm preparing for a career as a pediatric plastic surgeon. Uh, so I'm a physician. I see patients. I do quite a bit of research. Uh, and then in my spare time, uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm trying to save the world through uh, one grocery store at a time. I love it. Tell us about the markets that you have here. Uh, so I got started uh, when I was in St. Louis. I saw what I guess everyone else sees, uh, that there are a number of neighborhoods in the city of St. Louis where there are no grocery stores. And that really bothered me. Uh, and I was trying to figure out why this uh came to be what it is and, and, and why there are no grocery stores in these neighborhoods and uh, why the, the people here struggle. And in the midst of doing that research, uh, I realized that there were real opportunities to make a difference. And uh, I tried to challenge the status quo. I, I reached out to, to Metro, the transit authority in St. Louis, and said, hey, I've got this, this, uh, this dream, this passion um, to help uh, provide good food to great people. And I in order to accomplish that, I need you to give me a bus. And for some reason they did. Uh, they gave me a bus and I turned it into a mobile farmer's market uh, and brought it into communities that needed a grocery store, sold healthy, affordable food to those communities between classes, after classes. Um, and actually, I took a year off of medical school to make the company into what it is. Um, but then I graduated from medical school and got an, a once-in-a-lifetime job opportunity to come do research at Harvard. And it was a oh, too wow. difficult of a decision to pass up. So, yeah, so I'm, I'm actually talking to you from, from Boston. Uh, I was giving a research presentation this morning, and I'll be seeing patients later this week. And uh, we get to make some, some real lasting changes for, for kids who are born with all kinds of birth defects, primarily these conditions called vascular anomalies. Um, so it was an incredible opportunity. I couldn't say no. Uh, but I ended up leaving the the bus company because I needed to to be here uh, in Boston to do this important work. But little did I know, um, some of the seeds that I had sown with Metro had developed and blossomed. And uh, I guess it would have been a year ago, last year, Metro reached back out to me and said, hey, Jeremy, you remember that idea that we uh, cultivated together? Well, we've pursued it. There's some grant funding. 
uh, and we're going to take uh, shipping containers and turn them into grocery stores, similar to what you did with the bus. Oh, uh, but cool. nobody at Metro knows how to run a grocery store, so we were hoping that you would come out of retirement, so to speak, and come run these grocery stores. Call them what you want, hire who you want, make it look the way you think it needs to be. The only condition is that you have to sell healthy food. So I said yes. And uh, even from Boston, I, I get to to manage uh, an incredibly new, uh, refreshing, exciting uh, nonprofit organization with the same mission in mind, but just an even bigger scale. That's incredible. I love that. So, t- so there's a few things that I want to touch upon. Okay, first, what you're doing now with the um, pediatric plastic surgery, what are the name of the anom- anom- I can't even say that word. Anomalies? <laughs> yes, thank you. So they're called vascular anomalies. And what it means, uh, in a sense, is that uh, there are children who are born with issues with their blood vessels. So I think most people understand arteries and veins, right? So they're the uh, blood vessels that take blood from your heart and your lungs, that is rich in oxygen to your tissues, like your muscles and your skin and all your other organs, um, so that you can do important work. And then once the oxygen is removed uh, for work, then uh, the deoxygenated blood gets back through veins, back to uh, your heart and lungs, and the process continues. But some kids, unfortunately, are born with bad connections between their arteries and their veins. And the reason the plastic surgeons get involved is because it can lead to lots of disfigurement, it can lead to ulceration, and it can lead to a lot of pain. Uh, So thankfully, I'm a part of a department uh, here at Harvard where uh, there are uh, multidisciplinary effort to, to try to address uh, these conditions, and there are a whole host of them. Uh, we, we tend to focus on, on a handful of them. We just found mutation that causes these diseases, and that's important because by knowing what's wrong with the DNA, what causes these uh, conditions, right. we can start to develop treatments. Because surgery amazing. is a great option, but uh, uh, pharmacotherapy, a, a drug treatment, would be even better. Um, so we're very close to that, and so I, I get to do some incredible work uh, in, my, in my day job, uh, and then uh, I also get to do some, some outstanding transformative work uh, in the, the, the incredible opportunity I have through the Link Market in St. Louis. I love it. Oh, my gosh. Well, thank you for all your good work. On the markets, I mean, how did this – it's a brilliant idea, right? Because the, the, the communities you're talking about that do not have access, they, they also don't have transportation, generally speaking. So they use the metro. I mean, where, where did this? Where did your idea come from? Like, did you just one day go, "I got it"? I, it it did kind of happen that way. I just remember thinking intentionally and and being very frustrated, honestly, uh, about um, seeing people in these communities. Uh, I was I was then calling St. Louis home. I'd moved from Houston to to St. Louis. It was the first time that uh, I had to sort of lived alone. I had my own apartment. I was doing my own grocery shopping and. Um, I was seeing something that was always there, uh, but it, it just stood out to me and it bothered me as someone who then lived in St. Louis. And then I was becoming a physician in St. Louis. And so I got to see the unfortunate side effects of not having good access to healthy food and what that does to your body. And uh, so as a, 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 a surgeon in training, as a, as a medical student, I was, um, I was, I was seeing uh, the side effects of this, this issue from that standpoint as well. And it, it, it frustrated me to no end. And whether a bus drove by in that moment of frustration or something, I can't really remember the, the specific moment where my, my aha moment, but 
Uh, I just distinctly remembering that if people couldn't get to healthy food because there were no grocery stores where they live, or I was just going to have to bring one to them. And to me, uh, using a bus made the most sense. Uh, it was a large vehicle. It uh, had the capacity to allow people to come inside and to shop. Uh, and if you took the time and made it as beautiful as possible, you could give dignity while providing this resource. And so to me, that was really important. So uh, with respect to the retrofit of the bus, I, I wanted to make sure that we took the time to make it as beautiful as possible. Uh, we probably went a little bit over t- the top. We were <laughs> ambitious, if not audacious. I don't know if you've seen pictures. but I haven't. Um, I have to look. I will, I will definitely send you some. So we uh, took out the seatings and the railings in their place, put in shelving and refrigeration. And then we put in real hardwood floors from uh, a, an old mansion uh, in uh, one of the suburbs of St. Louis. And then we had no more use for the uh, emergency exit hatch in the middle of the bus in the, in the ceiling. So I, I talked the fabricator into putting in a skylight. Oh, my gosh. In our estimation, you know, I, I, you know ultimately, as novel and creative uh, as I think that the idea is, uh, it's ultimately very sad that I had to get a bus and turn it into a grocery store because there were neighborhoods throughout the city who, that didn't have one. Um, but my promise to those communities is that uh, there will be dignity here and respect. And if we have to use a bus as a means to provide you with groceries, it's going to be a damn good looking bus. I so love it. it That's brilliant. Well, listen, Jeremy, we are going to take a quick break. We will be right back in just a moment. Are back with Jeremy Goss. Uh, okay, so Jeremy, I'm, I can't wait to see the pictures of the buses, but tell me this, where does the food come from that you bring to these people? So for me, it made all the sense in the world uh, if we're going to address this problem uh, that we also needed to partner with local farmers and community gardens. And so through the, the Link Market, the new nonprofit organization that I established uh, hand-in-hand with Metro, we've committed to sourcing as much of our fruits, vegetables, meat, dairy, and staple goods from local and uh, sources. And so that means uh, local farmers from the Missouri and Illinois region. Uh, and that means that we also get to source hyper-locally. So we work with a, a handful of community gardens because there's a lot of good food growing in St. Louis, particularly in North St. Louis. So there are a couple of farms worth highlighting, like uh, Good Life Growing uh, in North St. Louis, as well as Fresh Starts Community Gardens. From each of them, we get to source lots of leafy green vegetables. And I guess we're kind of making news here. With Fresh Starts Community Garden, we've started a partnership. And I've, I've heard from our customers that they really love our tomatoes, but they would especially like it if we could carry green tomatoes. It's a cultural staple, uh, and, and people really like them. But I had a hard time finding them on the open market from some of our large-scale farmers. So after some negotiation, I was able to work with one of our community gardens, Fresh Starts Community Gardens, uh, and beginning this season, we're going to have as many as 800 pounds of green tomatoes to, to sell at uh, either of our two markets. Oh, I love it. And is there is there an educational component with it as well as far as like do, do some of these people, do they need um, help with understanding 
why they should be eating this, how they should be eating it. Absolutely. And it's not just the people who live in these communities who would uh, benefit from nutrition education. I myself, I, I, I've gone through college, medical school. I'm now doing a fellowship training at Harvard. I still struggle to know what are the right things to eat um, and, and to develop the willpower to, to, to choose uh, good things for me versus bad things. And so it's not just the people in, the, in these neighborhoods that, that need those resources, but certainly they, they do need them. And so we partner with the University of Missouri Extension School in St. Louis. Uh, once a month at either location, they're doing cooking demonstrations. And the focus is not a sample. The focus is to teach you how to make something healthy and delicious, uh, to take cultural staples uh, and turn them into a little bit of a healthier recipe or to introduce you to some new items, some new fruit, some new vegetable, uh, and some new cooking technique so that people can grow their their level of sophistication in the kitchen. And, and the people that um, that run this, so to speak, are they employees or volunteers? Yes. So I have two full-time employees. They do outstanding work. And without them, I could not make this work uh, possible because I live and, and work in, in, in Boston. And so thankfully, I have two talented African-American females, Rosinda Sykes and Serena Budget-Teague, uh, who are the left and right hand of the, the link market. And uh, again, without them, uh, this would not be possible. So they're able to run both markets successfully to do community engagement along the way. And then we've also partnered with St. Louis Agency for Training and Employment to provide part-time employment opportunities for young men and young women from the neighborhoods where we serve. That's amazing. So basically, you are helping a lot of people, not just with the feeding part, but also with the job opportunity part. Absolutely. This is a multifaceted issue. And uh, what we need to recognize is that these neighborhoods are not only missing food, um, but they're also missing job opportunities, and they're, they're missing other resources uh, in addition to food. So these aren't just food deserts. They're job deserts. They're after-school opportunity for kids deserts. Uh, there's so many needed uh, resources. And so we're going to focus on the food part, and along the way we can address some of the, the job insecurity components, the nutritional education components. There's also financial literacy and just regular literacy components. Um, Things that uh, we are partnered with uh, other organizations, uh, and we're going to invite them out uh, to our communities, to our two stores, to make their resources readily available to others. And are the shipping containers, are, are, do you have a plan for what they're going to look like? Oh, uh, more than that. So we, uh, we, we've already developed those into two stores. We have uh, a store at the North Hanley Metrolink Station and another store at the Wellston Metrolink Station. Uh, so they are standalone uh, grocery store kiosks. Essentially, if you think uh, to, if you can imagine a grocery store and you strip away all the junk food, all of the processed food, and you, you just streamline it with just healthy things, fruits, vegetables, meat, dairy, staple goods, just the things that you, you need. Um, that's what we have at our two markets. So right now, as we speak, uh, our, our stores are open. So we're open Mondays through Fridays, uh, from 9 a.m. until 5 p.m. Uh, and we try to make sure that we're uh, available and convenient to all of the, the commuters who are using the Metrolink station. Uh, cooking demonstrations happen once a month, so we get to engage more and more customers. Um, and uh, we try to make sure that everything on our shelves reflects the seasons. And so um, beginning this summer, we'll have even more variety of fruits and vegetables that we have now that we're uh, getting into the spring season. That's amazing. So it's all local, all locally grown. Uh, as much as possible is locally grown. So we do, for example, offer oranges 
lemons and limes, and they just don't happen to grow in our region. Right. But those are things that people are going to expect at a grocery store. So to not have them, I guess, would be a disservice to a community that's going to expect them. And to some extent, we need to meet people where they are. And if you're familiar with an orange, if that's a fruit or a vegetable that you uh, you use more often than, than anything else, then we need to make sure that we have that. Because I guess one of the challenges is if we don't have an orange, um, then, then uh, you might uh, find it at some other store, and then you might not... Uh, decide to shop with us because we don't have everything that you want. Um, so we're going to do our best to, to carry as much local products as possible. And thankfully, there's a lot of good local food um, readily available to us. But then there are other things that we have to go a little bit further to get, like our citrus gotcha. and our bananas. Gotcha. And green tomatoes are on the way. And green tomatoes. <laughs> and uh, I guess it's okay to make, we're, we're going to make a lot of news today. So okay. uh, a lot of our Customers have asked us if, in addition to fruits and vegetables, meat, dairy, and staple goods, if we can start to carry lunchtime items. Uh, so we put a lot of effort into building uh, amazing partnerships, not just with the farmers with whom we source our food, but also from some local community partner- partners like Potbangers. It's an amazing organization, a 501c3 nonprofit, and their mission is to feed the homeless. They've got a commercial kitchen capacity, and they're making good meals for uh, very well-deserving people. And we've partnered with them to develop some uh, value-added as well as prepared uh, items for lunch. So think of salads, sandwiches, soups, wraps, etc. Um, they're going to, to make from scratch these amazing recipes using some of the same ingredients that we have uh, for sale at the market. And we're going to provide people with a, a good lunch option. Oh my gosh, that's Awesome. I love it. We're going to take another quick break. We will be right back with Jeremy Goss. And we are back with Jeremy Goss. Okay, it is question time. Um, my first question for you, you know, I kind of stalk my uh, my guests beforehand. And um, so you took a year off of medical school. How did that go over with mom and dad? You know, honestly, I've been in maybe the uh, 20 or so business negotiations and, and with uh, impressive heads of companies who... Uh, in, uh, who I'm in awe of, people who've run hospitals and entire uh, communities, and in, in the, the case of some of the older people with whom I've, I've uh, networked and, and negotiated with. And honestly, the most difficult business negotiation has been with mom and dad to get that year off. Um, <laughs> you can't imagine how that conversation went over because, you know, for some time I had been working on uh, the idea of turning the bus into uh not only a, a mobile farmer's market, but truly into a business. And my parents understood it as a passion and they indulged me, but um, it was a side project. It was a thing that I did after school. It was a thing that keep, kept me up at night and uh, active on weekends, but um, it wasn't to interfere with my medical education. I was, I was going to be the first uh, physician in my family and uh, to focus on anything other than that would have been a distraction. But my parents are also very loving and, and caring and considerate people, and so they, they get it. They, they, they made me into the person who I am, and so for them, um, it only made sense that this, uh, 
this rebel of theirs was going to 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 fight to do this, and so uh, they are better negotiators than I am, and so <laughs> the trade off was that I I couldn't just take a year off from medical school and exclusively work on uh, the mobile farmers market. I had to also do research. So thankfully, I was able to negotiate uh, with them, and so. Uh, by day, I was doing research. By night, and uh, when my schedule allowed, I was in business negotiations with Metro, getting the boss, working with the fabricator to convert it. Um, and then I was presenting my research at some of these international conferences. That's actually how I uh, got the, the notice and, and ultimately became a recruit to, to take this research fellowship at Harvard, is that some of my research uh, in cleft cranial facial surgery was noteworthy uh, and ended up getting con- the right connections here uh, and got recruited to, to move to Harvard. So things ended up working out well. Uh, but I had a very narrow timeline with mom and dad. Um, and while I ended up graduating uh, a year after uh, uh, I was supposed to, so I graduated in 2016, I think it was the height of um, so much pride and, and um, admiration from my parents that uh, coincidentally, the day that the the bus business was open for its first day of sales happened to also be my medical school graduation date. So, oh, uh, wow. It was, yeah, it just worked out that way. So May 13th, 2016 is the day that I graduated from medical school at St. Louis University. And that morning, I walked the stage and became Dr. Goss. Uh, and that afternoon, my parents got to get on the bus for the first time uh, and got to see customers, people in the community coming and shopping and receiving a resource that they didn't have before. And I'd like to think it made them very proud. Oh, I'm I'm going to guess it did. They probably were like, yeah, that was cool. We let you have that year off. Because <laughs> <laughs> you've yeah. done something amazing. I mean, I just think it's amazing. Um, so to all of the people listening to this podcast, how can they help you? How can they help you with this market? Well, so uh, uh, keep in mind, so I've now started to... Uh, uh, full-scale or larger-scale markets. They're at the Wilson and Metrolink, uh, Wilson and North Hanley Metrolink station under the new name, the Link Market. Um, and so I think first and foremost, people can uh, become more aware of this issue, that their, uh, their co-workers, their colleagues, people in their community are experiencing hunger and food insecurity, especially uh, the most vulnerable being um, the elderly and young people who don't have enough to eat and don't have enough good food to, to eat. So please, please educate yourself about this issue. Um, as a nonprofit organization, we very much appreciate people coming and shopping with us uh, to become customers, but then also uh, to give generously as an organization to uh, allow us to expand and to build, to hire more people, to do more important work, um, to take more risks, to, to make more rewards happen for people in the community. Uh, certainly they can come and volunteer. And and where and where can they make donations? Uh, they can donate directly to us through our website, so linkmarket.org. That's a place where they can find out more about us. And then, actually, we find ourselves in the St. Louis uh, Day of Charity. Um, oh, uh, congratulations! Uh, yeah, so people can give uh, through that website as well. They can make uh, tax deductible uh, donations to our organization and, and support a good cause. Uh, to help a lot of great people who need a good resource. And what day does that fall on? Uh, I believe it falls on a Tuesday. Okay. What do you know the date? May second. Okay. Cool. All right. Awesome. Um, I, okay. One more question for you. So, 
all this different lovely food that you are putting out there, do you yourself have a favorite food that that you would like to tell us about or a favorite meal? Uh, you know what? So the irony is I'm a bit of a hypocrite because every time <laughs> I come back into St. Louis, I'm always going to like the really greasy but amazing tasting restaurants um, because while I care about equitable access to healthy, affordable food for everybody, I myself uh, really enjoy Five Guys. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But you, right. you live in the world. I mean, you you know, you, you, can, you can definitely have the greasy burger if you're balancing that with all the good stuff, right? True. Do you, do um, you, uh, so Five Guys, are you a burger person or? You know, the, the weird thing is that when I go to Five Guys, I think the last couple of times I've been getting hot dogs. Ah. I found out you can get like all the ingredients that you would put on a good hamburger, you can put on a hot dog at Five Guys. Ah. Um, so that's what I've been getting by default. Oh my gosh, I love it. That's awesome. Well, we are very excited to hear your talk. Um, is How's the process been with you not being here in St. Louis? How's it working with being facilitated for your, your TEDx talk? You know, it's not so bad. I've got a great uh, mentor, and I think the entire group at uh, TEDx Gateway Arch has been incredible, and uh, they've they've helped to make me feel as uh, closely involved in the process as, I guess, anyone who was, who was there in person. Uh, so I've felt like I've always had the right level of support, and thankfully they've given me a good amount of, of trust and, and leeway to tell this story uh, in the way that I think it needs to be told. And so... Uh, so far, I've gotten uh, great feedback that encourages me that I'm on the right uh, track, the right direction to give what I hope will be a very impactful talk. More than anything, I think um, the interesting thing is that while I uh, am a young man who's now a physician and uh, I have the privilege and the pleasure to have run now two nonprofit organizations, I almost feel like... Um, I'm the wrong person to give this TED Talk. I feel like uh, I have these unique experiences, but I've never wanted for food. I've never been in the position that I haven't had enough. And so uh, it, there's a great debt of responsibility that I feel on behalf of uh, all those people who do have this experience in St. Louis and every other major city uh, that are experiencing food uh, insecurity, who are hungry, who don't have enough good food to eat, um, that I, I have uh, this platform to advocate uh, on their behalf. And so uh, I feel a great debt of responsibility to them to get the story correct, um, to to feel genuine, and uh, hopefully to inspire people to, to take up a mantle, to do uh, what I have done to take your talents, your energy, your creativity, uh, and to apply them to some great cause uh, that that needs uh, accomplishing that that needs um, talented individuals to to take action. So, well, I, I'm I am pretty sure your talk is going to be amazing, Jeremy. I'm excited. As am I. Well, thank you so much for being here with us today. It's my pleasure. Thank you. We appreciate it. And everyone out there, uh, you can hear Jeremy's TEDx talk. He will be at the Sheldon on April the 12th for our Think Well event. If you need more information, go to TEDxGatewayArch.org. Jeremy, thanks for being here with us today. Everybody out there, have a wonderful week.